Are you at a loss for what consequences to use for your older children? Are you discouraged because no matter how diligent you are with teaching them God's Word, it doesn't seem to be making a difference in their behavior? Does something need to change soon or you're going to lose it? Well, then we are so glad you're here today joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. If you enjoy this podcast and find it encouraging, would you prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a monthly or even a one-time donation? Whether it's a dollar a month or $20 a month, your support helps to sustain this podcast and keep it on the air. We want to give a shout out to Danielle in California and Amanda in Arkansas. We are humbled and grateful that you all take the time to like, share, review, and give to our podcast. And we ask for your prayers as well as we continue our mission to help parents reach the hearts of their children for the glory of God. If you feel led to partner with us, please just go to gingerhubbard.com support to donate any amount. If you're a homeschooling mom like me, then you know the excitement of peeling that protective film off a set of curricula complete with brand new lesson plans. But as we all know, a week or so into those plans, life happens. Someone gets sick. Someone leaves their spelling book at the soccer field. Someone gets stuck on a math concept. And suddenly, those lesson plans are completely obsolete. This is one of the many reasons I'm excited to introduce you to the BJU Press Homeschool Hub. When life inevitably happens and our plans change, the Hub calendar makes any necessary assignment adjustments with just a few clicks of a mouse. But that's not all it can do. I can look at the Hub dashboard and quickly see how my kids have progressed through their courses, what assignments they need to finish, and how many lessons they have before each course is completed. There's also a grade book that will track graded assignments and create report cards. My favorite part is that I can keep track of our wonderful BJU press courses as well as any other outside resources. So I have one tool that keeps track of everything. It's almost like they asked a bunch of homeschoolers, hey, what's the most stressful part of homeschooling? And then they developed an awesome tool to alleviate those issues. Next, I hope they'll get to work on the housekeeping hub. To find out more about BJU Press Homeschool Hub, go to BJUPressHomeschool.com and watch the video to learn more. Again, that's BJUPressHomeschool.com. Well, it's Q&A time again, Ginger. I love these episodes because it's one way that you and I feel like we can interact with our listeners. Mm-hmm. We love getting questions. So let's get started. Claire in Washington writes this. My kids are seven and nine years old. I am always at a loss as far as what a good consequence is for any given offense. This is after we have already gone through the wise words for mom's chart. One kid in particular doesn't seem to be affected in the heart by anything we do or say in regards to the wise words. The behavior in disobeying continues, and I'm at a loss. There has been a lot of sneaky and lying behavior, and it breaks my heart to think that we may have created this in her. She will get through the teaching and whatever consequence is given, yet the behavior continues. I'm exhausted and growing weary and frustrated. How can I steer this ship in the right direction? Well, hi, Claire. First, let me address your concern that you've created in them the sneaky and lying behavior. I just want to encourage you and that your diligent efforts to teach your children God's word is not what's causing the sneaky and lying behaviors, Mm. nor is the consequences or lack thereof that are causing them to sin. 
they sin because they are sinners. Jeremiah 17, 9 tells us that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. So we shouldn't be surprised when our children continue to struggle with sin, no matter how diligent we are with our parenting efforts. The bottom line is that they are sinners just like us. Even when we don't want to sin, we're still going to sin. Even the Apostle Paul, who gave up everything to follow Christ, related to the ongoing desire to be holy, but the inability to do so. Romans 7, 19 and 20, he said, For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is I no longer who do it, but it is the sin living in me that does it. We shouldn't be surprised when our kids behave badly. It's the sin in their hearts that the outward behaviors are drawing from. Speaking God's truth to them and pointing them to Jesus, who is the only cure for sin, is our greatest responsibility as parents. So Claire, don't let the enemy deceive you into thinking that the gospel truths and consequences, whether you're enforcing them or not, are what's causing them to sin. They sin, again, because they are sinners. And it's the hope of the gospel that leads sinners to Christ. Mm -hmm. I know it's exhausting and frustrating when it seems that you aren't seeing the fruit of your labor, but don't give up. Keep sowing the seeds of truth into their hearts and pray that God would cause those seeds to take root and grow. And keep in mind that your responsibility is to point them to Jesus, but only he can change their hearts. In other words, your calling is to train them in righteousness, but only Jesus can make them righteous. So if you're doing all you can do and you aren't seeing any change, don't beat yourself up. You have no power to change the hearts of your kids. Pray for God to do that. Lay that burden at his feet and trust that he will work in his timing to accomplish his will. And when you're weary and tempted to throw in the towel, meditate on Galatians 6, 9, which says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Mm, I love that verse. Me too. Claire, let me chime in here and say that we offered lots of similar encouragement on episode 44, which is called When Parenting Methods Aren't Working. We addressed how we can get so tired and frustrated because it seems like our efforts are in vain and not leading to change in our children. So I think you would find the perspective in that episode encouraging. You also mentioned that your kids are struggling with lying. Well, episode 14 was When Kids Lie. And then we also had an episode for kids where we talked about lying and Ginger read her her children's book called Chloe and the Closet of Secrets, which is just precious, by the way. I love that book. Mm. Uh, That would be a great episode for your kids to listen to and for you to listen with them. Uh, That was episode 69. So we'll have Heather put a link to all of those episodes in the show notes. By the way, just a quick note. I know we refer to this magical person called Heather pretty often, (laughs) but we've only mentioned who she is and what she's done a few times. So for those who are new to the show, and I'm sure we have a lot of new listeners, Heather is actually one of my very best friends and has been for 20 years. She was my maid of honor. I was her matron of honor. She was also my college roommate, and she actually pushed me out of bed many mornings gently and lovingly so I wouldn't flunk out of college. So I'm really grateful for Heather. (laughs) And she does the same thing now for Ginger and me. She keeps us in line, makes sure we're on schedule so nothing slips through the cracks. Heather is one of the most dependable and hardest workers I know, and we are so thankful to have her working on this show. Yes, we are. We could not do what we do without Heather. That's exactly right. Okay, back to Claire's question about consequences for her kids, Ginger. 
All right. So Claire, you, you've already established that you're using the Wise Words for Moms chart, which is helping you to address the heart problems that are driving those outward behaviors. And you're using scriptures laid out in the chart to point them to the Word of God. And that's great because that is the most important aspect of discipline, to train and instruct with scripture. So How's about those consequences? <laughs> well, once kids start getting older, consequences need to change. We'll get to consequences for older kids in just a few minutes. But first, let's talk just a little about consequences for younger kids, because that is one of the most common questions that we get. When my kids were younger, I administered the loving, self-controlled discipline that's laid out for us in Proverbs, such as Proverbs twenty-two fifteen, which says, Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far from him. And Proverbs twenty-nine fifteen, which says, A rod and a reprimand impart wisdom. I have found the results of this biblical discipline to be true and beneficial because it brought my kids to a place of submitting to my authority and living their lives with self-control, which enabled them to better enjoy life and the blessings of God. I was super consistent with consequences for direct disobedience when my kids were little. So by the time they were around five, I didn't have to discipline them nearly as much. Well, actually, Wesley was around five. Alex tested the waters on a regular basis until she was closer to seven. Now, I'm not saying that I never had to administer consequences once they reached those ages, but for the most part, they were submitting to my authority and first-time obedience by ages five and seven. In my experience, the more consistent you are in the younger years, the more fruit you'll see in the older years. And the tighter you keep those reins in the younger years, the sooner you're able to loosen those reins in the older years. So just know if you're starting later, that's okay. It just may take a little more time and effort because of having to overcome disobedience that's become habitual. You're not just training, you're retraining, uh, which can be just a little bit more challenging. But again, that's okay. Better late than never. That's right. You know, a friend once told me that she and her husband administer physical discipline in their young kids for three reasons, disobedience, disrespect, and dishonesty. And I thought that was really helpful because I found myself asking whether or not every sin required a physical consequence, because that could be really a lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just a lot of physical Mm -hmm. discipline. Uh, But I really don't think that's the case. So it's helpful to know in advance and to let your children know what actually warrants physical discipline. Listeners, if your kids are younger and you want to understand more about biblical discipline, Ginger dedicated four chapters to the biblical use of the rod in her book, Don't Make Me Count to Three. She offers guidelines for administering discipline the right way and encourages parents who are administering it in the wrong way to stop using it at all. As Ginger says, it's better to refrain from using biblical discipline altogether than to administer it in a way that violates God's word and sins against him and our children. I'm sure some of our listeners right now are wondering, so what's the magic age for switching to different consequences? Well, there is no magic age. All kids are different. Like I said, when Wesley was around five, other consequences became more effective for him. As I just mentioned, Alex was just a few years older than that. I would say for the average kid, around five or six is a good time to start considering more age-appropriate consequences. Mm -hmm. We've talked about this in another episode, but 
when a consequence was needed, what worked well for my kids as they got older was a responsibility and freedom method. So if Wesley was allowed to play his video game for 30 minutes, but he played for an hour, he lost the freedom of playing the next day. If Alex didn't put her Polly Pockets away, like I told her to when she was finished playing, she lost the freedom to play with him the next pockets. day. Polly Pockets. I love Do you even things. know what those are? I know exactly what Polly Pockets are. I never are they had still them. around? Um, I don't think they are, but that's kind of the girl equivalent to tiny Legos all over the place. Although girls play Legos too, I did. But um, yeah, just more plastic <laughs> junk. Oh, she was a big <laughs> Polly Pockets fan. Sorry, I got you off track. That's okay. Using related consequences on a day-to-day basis instead of extending consequences for long periods of time keeps them from being exasperated because they see the light at the end of the tunnel. They see the opportunity for a fresh start that's just over the horizon. So we don't want to overdo consequences and extend them for long periods of time. Mm. If it was an issue of disobedience that didn't involve a related item or privilege that could be taken away, uh, like maybe they were not responsible to finish their schoolwork in time in the time that I had allotted that day, they lost the freedom to do what they normally enjoyed that evening. I recommend having a whole list of chores for them to work on for a certain amount of time instead of what they would normally get to do. So maybe they have to spend, you know, a couple of hours cleaning the kitchen after dinner and washing baseboards or folding laundry and sweeping the garage or picking up sticks in the yard, just whatever, just whatever chores you can come up with. But my philosophy is that they may as well be putting that time to good use and accomplish some chores. I mean, why (laughs) stand with your nose in a corner or sit in time out when you could be knocking out some chores? That's right. (laughs) Just makes sense to me. Mm Mm-hmm. Ginger, I've actually been listening to our friend, Sonia Schaefer. She's one of my absolute favorite people Mm -hmm. ever. And she has a podcast called Simply Charlotte Mason. And Charlotte Mason was an educator in the late 1800s who had some really just God-honoring philosophies of education and in parenting and things like that. But Sonia has several episodes where she's talking about habits. And I've actually... I'm trying to encourage her to come on our show to talk about habits. But one of her episodes on habits is about consequences. And as I was listening to it, it felt like it just fit really well with our episode because she talks about the difference in um, punishment and a consequence. And punishment has more to do with looking at what was done in the past, whereas an appropriate consequence has more to do with helping the child look forward. What should I do in Mm -hmm. the future? How can I do better? And I felt like that was such a helpful distinction Mm -hmm. because punishment focuses on retribution and getting back at the child and um, maybe even venting my own frustration, whereas a biblical consequence has so much more of a heart toward training and instructing in godly ways. So I loved that distinction. Listeners, we'll have Heather put a link in the show notes to Sonia's podcast, but that one specifically. Mm-hmm. That sounds fantastic. She has so much wisdom. I love to have She's her on her wonderful. show. Yep. Mm-hmm. So Katie, what are some of the consequences that you use for your older kids? Well, almost all of our consequences involve losing privileges or having to do extra work around the house, like you talked about, Ginger. It's a bit more difficult to come up with ideas since we've greatly reduced the amount of screen time in our home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just being perfectly honest mm-hmm. with you. They basically only watch a screen if they're doing their schoolwork through BJU Press or if they're watching a movie with us during our family date time. And I have a really hard time saying, no, you cannot read any books before bed tonight. And, you know, I just have a hard time restricting things that I really want them to love, like reading. Mm -hmm. But I have found that the older my children get, the less we really need to use consequences with them. For instance, if one of my older kids says something disrespectful to me, I don't always administer a consequence. I usually say something like, 
I'm not sure if you realize this, but what you just said was disrespectful to me. And I phrase it that way because sometimes they really don't hear or understand the disrespect in their own words. And I want to give them the benefit of the doubt in that situation. We then require that the child say what they wanted to say in a respectful way, even if the disrespect was unintentional. Uh, And then we require an apology. Again, even if the disrespect was unintentional, we don't have them say, I'm sorry, because that doesn't repair our relationship. Instead, we have the child say, mom, I apologize for being disrespectful to you. Will you forgive me? And then we forgive immediately and we hug and we move on. So honestly, Ginger, in this season of life with our kids, we don't do much more than that until or unless the behavior becomes habitual. Once we notice a pattern of negative behavior, we might tighten up the reins a little bit, but this season of our life is pretty calm for us, to be honest. Mm, Yeah, I love that, Katie. Consequences have their place, especially for young children who are learning the importance of obeying and respecting mom and dad, but it's so much more about heart training. Mm -hmm. And as they get older, it's more of a matter of bringing issues to their attention and resolving them biblically than it is about administering consequences. People are often shocked to know that I never grounded Wesley and Alex, not one time when they were teenagers. Mm -hmm. We just worked through their struggles by doing exactly what you just described, Katie by bringing issues to their attention with a gentle rebuke and then having a do-over and, of course, asking forgiveness when necessary. I was concerned that if I grounded my kids for their bad choices, they would never want to be open with me about their bad choices. Instead, Mm. they would be more inclined to hide them from me. I wanted to be the person they came to so that I would have opportunities to speak truth and encouragement into their lives. So I was super consistent in administering consequences when they were younger. But once they hit those teen years, my parenting really shifted to more of a guidance counselor and coach. Mm. I wanted to be a safe place for them to come and openly talk to me about their struggles. I wanted them to know that when they did make a bad choice, they wouldn't receive condemning words and punishment. They would receive mercy and grace from me and encouragement to turn to Jesus for forgiveness and help. You know, Ginger, I can think of one fairly recent incident that required a consequence. And this was one of my kids who really enjoys having a pocket knife and um, just all the tools and loves working with those things. And we, our kids are in a ninja class. And so we go to the gymnastics place locally and do that. And this child realized they had their pocket knife and took it out and set it next to a water bottle. Well, and was being responsible with it in that they were putting it with their own water bottle. However, there were younger children in that Mm. building and one of them happened to pick it up. And so Mm. there was a little bit of a situation there. And so the consequence there, it was not defiance, it was not disobedience. However, it still required a consequence because it was careless and could have caused harm to another child. And so what we had decided to do was, hey, we're going to take all of the pocket knives because this particular child has a large collection and Mm -hmm. keep them in our bedroom. If you want to use a pocket knife, just ask. And in most instances, I will say yes, because most of the time we're not around toddlers who might get a hold of it. And that was, that was a frustration. I understood this child's disappointment in that Mm -hmm. decision, but I also felt like this child understood my reasoning was that this is an instruction. This is me, um, 
working us toward responsibility and not just thinking of what affects us personally, but what might affect those around us. And that's why the consequence was necessary. And I believe, hopefully, you know, this will in the future help this child think more of the people around them as it comes to safety with things like pocket knives. I mean, mm-hmm. with weapons, you just cannot be right. too careful in a situation Right, but that like is that. a great example of using a natural consequence that makes sense with what's going on instead of it being completely unrelated. It's going to mean more to them. It's going to help teach that lesson. It's going to drive that lesson home a lot faster than just some, you know, off the wall consequence. Right. And not taking it away forever because how dare you be so careless because I get it. You know, I've done careless things and made careless decisions and we should expect that of our children. Their Mm -hmm. brains are growing. They take risks. But this was a situation where I couldn't allow that kind of risk taking to go undisciplined because it it really could have created a very bad situation. So, right. Anyway, you know, I think most of us brace for impact when the teenage years start creeping up for that reason, because they don't always make good decisions, but approaching it from a relationship standpoint and seeking to raise adults, we would want to hang out with one day (laughs) is probably a better approach than coming down on them in anger when they make bad decisions as they inevitably will do. Mm I'm not saying there shouldn't be consequences, but I'm praying that God will help me during that season to keep the long view in mind rather than being so reactionary in the mm-hmm. short term. Yep. But, but as I said, Ginger, we're in a pretty calm season right now. Our kids are fairly obedient, but I know that seasons can change. We are in the process as a family of starting foster care, so we would very much appreciate everyone's prayers on that. Also, we don't yet have teenagers in our home, and I know that hormones can really make things interesting. (laughs) My mom, I don't think she'll mind me sharing this story, I hope. But when I started to go through puberty, she asked me, what happened to that sweet little Katie we knew? To which hormonal Katie said, she's gone and she's never coming back. (laughs) And then my mom, who tells this story frequently, always quips, and she never did. She never came back. I just love that story. So fun. (laughs) It is. You know, once those hormones kick in, though, they never stop kicking. I know. Just wait until menopause, Katie. That takes on a whole new level of crazy. No, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be an adventure. Um, And I told you this already, Ginger, but pregnancy hormones were the best for me. It was so much fun. I laughed hysterically until I cried all the time during my pregnancies. It was amazing. I loved it. And I am believing that menopause is going to be exactly like that for me. Just nobody try to tell me otherwise. I I refuse to listen. (laughs) Okay. Name it and claim it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Anyway, I do want to offer some encouragement to the parents who are in the throes of that constant need for discipline and consequences. Please keep fighting the good fight, not fighting your kids, but fighting the temptation to allow their sinful behavior to discourage you or to dissuade you from doing the kingdom work you're called to do as their parents. As Ginger said, actually, as the Apostle Paul said, and Ginger and I often say, you will reap a harvest if you never give up. Now is the part of our show where we give a quick tip for parents. Today's quick tip is courtesy of Precious in Georgia. And here's what she said. I listened to your podcast on grandparenting today, and I have a quick tip. 
If you parents have a specific diet you would like your children to follow, it would be great to send the food with your children when going to grandparents. When our daughter's family decided to go vegan, I was at a complete loss. I had no idea what to buy and felt completely out of my element. It was great when she would send pasta sauce, snacks, etc. I could fill in with fruits and vegetables, but didn't have a clue how to replace the protein. It also gave me more time to play with the kids rather than prepping food. Ginger, I love this quick tip because Precious is actually my mom. <laughs> Do your uh, kids call her Precious? Oh, yeah. And my husband's forced to as well. He loves it. He <laughs> loves it. Oh, that is so sweet. That's so yeah. precious. She chose her own grandparent name because we, her name's Pam and we wanted to call her Grammy Pammy and she vetoed that real hard and real fast. And so, I don't blame her. Yeah, she chose Precious. <laughs> I love it. Well, she submitted that tip in reference to the year we decided to go vegan just to annoy her. I'm just kidding. We didn't do it just to win here. But it did make a huge difference when we brought our own food to her house during that time. Since we were the ones being so selective and so picky, it seemed fair to help her as much as we could rather than to expect her to do all this research and stress out about feeding our kids. So thank you, precious mama, for submitting that quick tip. And thank you for listening to our show, mom, and um, for giving me so much material to write about. <laughs> If you have a quick tip for our show, we would love to hear from you. It can be any random tip about cooking, housekeeping, something you do with your kids, ideas for fun date nights with your spouse, anything at all. We would love to share your ideas on the podcast. Just go to gingerhubbard.com slash quick tips to submit those. Ginger, before you leave us with a final word of encouragement, how about you tell our listeners where you'll be in July? Sure. I'll be speaking at the Marriage Family Life Conference in Tupelo, Mississippi, July 7 through 9, along with Mickey Addison and a few other great speakers. Listeners, if you guys are anywhere near Tupelo, Mississippi, I do hope you'll come out and join us. It is going to be a fantastic weekend. And when I'm not speaking, I'll be hanging out at my booth with plenty of time to chat, and I would absolutely love the chance to get to know you. For more information uh, and to register, go to marriagefamilylife.net. Again, that's the Marriage Family Life Conference in Tupelo, Mississippi on July 7th through 9th. For more information and to register, just go to marriagefamilylife.net. And as a side note, listeners, if you enjoy podcasts, and we hope you do, uh, I really encourage you to listen to Miki's podcast. It's called Airing the Addisons, and it's excellent. Yes, really, it, really it good is. Podcast. The Addisons are awesome. They are. And we'll have Heather put a link in the show notes to their podcast as well. All right, Ginger, how about that final word? Consequences are only a small part of training our children in wisdom. So, yes, let's be consistent with age-appropriate consequences, especially for the younger children, as we are commanded to as parents. But let's remember that consequences may change outward behavior, but it's God's Word and God's Spirit that changes hearts and lives. Thank you so much, Ginger, and thank you listeners for joining us. If you enjoyed our show and want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And while you're there, can you leave us a rating or a review? This helps us get the word out about our podcast so that other parents can be encouraged to reach the hearts of their children. Do you have a parenting question? We invite you to submit it at gingerhubbard.com slash askginger, and we'll do our best to answer it in a future episode. And while you're on the website, you can find our show notes, which will include links to anything we mentioned in today's episode. While you're on gingerhubbard.com, you can find Ginger's wonderful resources that will help you get to the heart of our behavior and address it from a biblical perspective. 
Not sure which resource to get? Well, today we're offering a bundle deal of all of Ginger's resources at a $25 discount. This includes her parenting books and study guides, the Wise Words for Moms chart, as well as the CD and digital download of her audio series called Reaching the Heart of Your Child. This is a $95 value for only $70. And if you use the code parenting at gingerhubbard.com, you can get an additional 10% off this already great deal. If you'd like daily encouragement and parenting advice from Ginger, be sure to follow her on Instagram at ginger.hubbard. And you can connect with me on Instagram at Katie in a Corner. That's K-A-T-Y in a Corner. Thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God.